0: Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix, as well as the graphic novels by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And this episode, we are going to be talking about one of the graphic novels because there is finally a new volume of Lock and Key that has been released in the wild. It is in bookstores right now. It's Lock and Key, Volume 7, The Golden Age. And in different aspects, written by Joe Hill, as I mentioned, art by Gabriel Rodriguez, but also wanted to give a shout out to Colors by Jay Photos, Letters by Jay Robbie Fotos. Robbins, and Edited by Chris Ryle. Now, this is a collection. Do you feel
1: like Jay Photos was like, all right, I'm going to go into, like, making colors From and photos. stuff? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, like there's a lot of pressure on Jay Photos. Well, it's to like go. how
0: you, Justin Tyler, you tie knots for a living. Is that yeah, what's going? Yeah,
1: I'm a Tyler.
0: I tie are, all the floors. Yeah. And Pete's uh, a so printer, Pete LePage. Yeah. yeah, wow. And you're, you're a, you're the a smile Zalbin. On your
2: face saying that really makes me angry. What, what's my job, guys?
0: <laughs> Zalbin
2: is Z- Albania
1: the president of Albania
0: impossible <laughs> to figure out what it is why don't we talk about this book though this is a collection of older stories for the most part set in the world of lock and key they take out place about a century before the main stories we know from the first six volumes focusing on the ancestors around world war one between world war one world war two um that a little bit before there is a and use- also their pets and also let's, their pets. Let's, come on, let's, you know. But to give wow. a quick rundown, <laughs> we got a new introduction from Joe Hill. Very nice. We also yeah, got great. Small World, Open the Moon, a new story called Face the Music. And then in Bata- Pale Battalion's Go, which is the prequel story to Lock and Key, Sandman, Hell and Gone, which is the thing that ends the volume. It's the big closer to this storyline, uh, crossing over with the Sandman universe characters, and even Morpheus, the Sandman created by Neil Gaiman himself. So this is a big deal overall. I'll Huge. just throw out before we get into these stories. Obviously, we've read and we've talked about these stories over the past decade as they've been released. Other than You're Goddamn music, right, which is new here, but it was phenomenal reading these all together. I could not believe, and I should have seen this coming. But I could not believe how well they hung together as one cohesive story. Yeah,
1: I felt the exact same way reading this as one volume, um, including "Face the Music," which I think mm-hmm. offers us a nice little light moment in the middle of one of the heaviest stories in all yeah. of Lock and Key. Uh, man, all of this whole run of books Jeez. is is like you know when you like the first the main series, the um, Joe and Gabriel are like. Love these characters, you know, we take them to the edge, but they mostly come out ha- happy and like having done the job. And it's like, well, what if they didn't? Yeah. What if our main characters, um, it's a bummer sort of the whole time? Um, and then and reading it together, it's like, I can't believe they pulled it off. And it still had these amazing heartfelt moments, comedy uh, throughout. It's it's really what a great thing to read all together.
2: I mean, I, I, first off, I agree. This is amazing. Uh, it's an amazing collection. It's also like this great, you know, a lot of times people ask us like, oh, how to give somebody if they're not into comics, what to give them? This is a perfect gift to give somebody who it likes comics. Like here. Oh, you like comics? You're going to fucking love this. This is if amazing. You would give them
1: this book first? Yeah. You'd be like, this
0: one first?
2: Well, That's I'm just mean. saying, if That's you like up. yeah, if you <laughs> like comics, you're going to love
0: this. This is a... If, I, well, I agree, but just, just to throw it out there, not that this is a deep dive as usual. They do a really good job of setting up what you need to know in terms of the magical keys, in terms of key house, in terms of the characters. But they don't... There isn't the introduction that you're getting from regular Lock yes. and Key from volume one. They assume a little bit of knowledge there because they've already covered that ground. So I understand what you're saying. This is a great volume to like add it. to somebody and they could it's potentially jump in and probably figure it out. But it's such a richer experience for having read not only six volumes of Lock and Key, but the entirety of Sad Men.
1: Well, and let's just throw out here also... Like, if this is like giving someone, if they're like, oh, I've been wanting to try beer. And you're like, oh, yeah? Well, here's this. And you hand them like the biggest glass Delirium of moonshine <laughs> you can find. Exactly. <laughs> what it's are you like. Because this is so high-octane, intense storytelling. To yeah. be like, oh, you want to try comics out? You could hand them no, a, a,
2: a Marmaduke yeah. comic. strip hey, or this. I've been thinking about uh, watching what? those First MCU off, movies. Where should whoa, I start? Avengers Z the- Game. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Back up the truck. I'm saying it's hard for people who who like, oh, I know that person. They like comics, but I'm not sure what to get them. This is a perfect thing because if they like comics, maybe they got the individual ones, but buying the collected thing like this is an amazing gift because it. if they like comics, there's so many nerdy, amazing stuff in here. This is right up anybody's alley who's into comics. I'm going to go in the other yeah. direction. I say give this to nobody. Nobody should <laughs> buy this. Nobody should pick this wow. up. What? Hide it.
0: Hide it somewhere, bury it (laughs) deep below me. No, I understand what you're saying, Pete, because over the course of these stories, not only, I think this is, to give you a little bit of credit, I think if you are a Sandman fan and you've never read Lock and Key, Mm. this obviously is a great volume to give you because even though it happens at the end, you'll then be able to go back and be like, okay, okay, I'm into these characters. This really ties in this last story in particular very tightly with the mythology of Sandman yeah. in a very surprising yeah. way. But so you could get in that way. Also open the moon, which is one of the best stories Joe oh, and God. Gabriel no, have ever stop, created. Stop. Well, but it ties into Windsor McKay. They also, I think oh. give a shout out to Ray Bradbury in that story as yep. well. So yes, Pete, you're right. Right. There is a lot to like. We're just saying from the perspective of black Key fans, it, it puts pedal to the metal immediately. And you're yeah. right in this world. Um, And you kind of have to play catch-up if you don't know exactly what's going on.
1: But um, to sort of flip it in a more positive way about this book, like, the way that... that Joe and Gabriel have just become masters of the, the form yeah. in this volume of like just compact, heavy emotional moments, introducing characters and immediately understanding who they are, why they do what they do, uh, letting these characters age sort of quickly over the course of this volume and become adults, Uh, like leave, go to the moon, whatever happens to them. Like, there's the storytelling here is just so uh, well done and well paced that um, it's worth, you got to read this.
2: I got, yeah. I also want to jump back to something you said, like you talk about masters of the form, like in this, you have some of the creepiest, like most amazing panels. And these guys are already known for like their combination of writing. And like, we've jumped at some of their panels that are so intense. Like they're scary. They're like the part where the, Guy is crying, and like the tongue is coming through the eye hole and licking the tear. Like, that is fucked up, man. That is like really fucked up. Yeah. And like, what part of What
1: part about that freaks you out? Is it the eye tongue, the licking tears?
0: I
2: think it's I the mouth is, is it just... crying
0: that freaks you out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah exactly. What's this water coming out of
2: his <laughs> eye it, hole? What's that about? Is he got a little river or stream going on? What's happening <laughs> He's, there? he's
0: bleeding know. water from his eyes. Yes. What's wrong with him? Pete walks in on his girlfriend sobbing. Hey, you got one of those river things going on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Cool. These eye rivers are catching. That's cool. Uh, (laughs) Wait, can I give a shout out before we move on, jump to something else I wanted to talk about? Uh, Justin mentioned the aging, and I think that's something, particularly with Gabriel Rodriguez's art, that is super impressive. Over the course of six volumes with Lock and Key, of course, we very gradually saw the characters, particularly Tyler, Grow up and he tweaked and changed the looks of them there. And that's something you can see. That's impressive on its own. Here we get a greater span of time, particularly Marylock, we see when she's, I think, 10 years old in the first story. We're 12 years old, and then she's an adult by the time we leave her at the end of Lock and Key, Sandman, Hell and Gone, as well as some of the other characters grow from being adults to old age or beyond. We see them in a lot of different aspects, but you can always tell who the character is. There's a continuity here, and that's very, very impressive. You don't see that a lot, particularly given comic book characters never age. In Marvel, in DC, they just get, you know, beefier and musclier or less so, depending on who the artist is. The fact that Gabriel was able to create that continuity there is beyond impressive.
1: Well, and I feel like in comics, so many people are like, well, we need an old uh, Peter Parker. It's like, well, put a beard on him. And in the, like, Gabriel really takes the time and like, a, it feels like really ages the character and the characters and thinks critically about what um, what it means to be older and how uh, people even the way they move changes. Um, I mean, so it's not just tossing a beard around. Like like, yeah. got P, how you've gotten older and you, we threw a beard on you.
2: Yeah, I just threw a beard on me. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there the art is bananas. Like it's hard to keep saying that because. It is hard hard is to always keep, always it's hard to, keep, to keep hearing. hearing it it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it it's, keeps impressing me. Like, I know how good it is. And then in this, there are just panels that blow me away. But also, the story, the way that it's kind of woven throughout this is so impressive. I don't want to, uh, you know, not talk about the writing enough. This is really uh, a hell of a package. And a crazy ride to go on. And, uh, man, it is worth it. It is so worth it. And then, like, just looking at the cover now, I'm seeing there's, like, all these hidden gems in it of, like, the cat is, like, kind of seeing the little spider. And, like, that's... A nightmare of mine like come like to wake up and see a giant spider and the shadows come to life fuck you that's like the worst like there's they're playing with so many emotions and and there's so many levels to this this is really just so impressive Now,
1: Pete, do you think your cat would save you from a giant spider?
2: Well, that's the great thing, too. They also perfectly capture what it's like to have a cat. Your cat will be nice to you, but sometimes claw your fucking face off. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's both of those things are in there, having a cat. Like, sometimes the most sweetest things, but also, like, will fucking turn around and cut you in a second. One... (laughs) Other thing that I wanted to shout out, sorry, Justin, to cut you off, Mm -hmm. just in
0: terms of the span of the book from the art before we potentially start actually talking about the content of the stories. But I do think it is also really impressive. Gabriel Rodriguez has always been an amazing artist, but to see him go from Small World, which is a great story, but otherwise a very straightforward uh, lock and key story. to the epic span of Lock and Key Sandman Hell and Gone, where he's drawing in different styles. Uh, Jay Photos is using those photos' abilities to really color it in some really special ways, particularly when it comes to the Morpheus panels. But also you look at the layouts that ape different layouts from Sandman throughout history without... Without being explicit about it, like there's nobody standing there being like, ah, check out this Easter egg. It's just there if you know it. Uh, And it gives a shout out to where they've come before to ultimately having these enormous demon angel fights on battlefields. it, It makes it this experience that artistically builds over the course of the book, which I
2: loved. But also like being able to have the absurd seem real, like the detail of the dollhouse and then having something giant, like in the frame and still work. And like the, how the, doll, the people kind of go into doll form and their eyes just become these little circles, like just amazing details. People, that there's nothing
1: are- absurd about a dollhouse. It's like a tiny regular house and the <laughs> dolls, are, the dolls are like tiny people in the dollhouse. See that's what I think. I think it, this this um, comic speaks to so many different audiences, like you were saying, but like people who are parents, uh, dollhouse owners, um, cat baddies, like Pete just said how excited he was a minute ago. Like truly, I haven't seen Pete that excited in a while, and he was just excited that there was a cat in this comic, <laughs> not
2: <laughs> just the cat. It's just uh, it's a it's a perfect example of what a cat, a real cat, uh, mm-hmm. having a cat represents. Killing spiders. Why don't we
0: jump into the content of the stories, if that's all right. Uh, I'm assuming most folks have read some of the earlier ones, but in case you haven't, or it's been a while. So Small World, the first story, as we've been talking about. uh, Fans of the TV show will know this. It... Uh, yeah. captures the uh, small world key, which attaches to a dollhouse, which is a smaller version of key house. The locks right. family. Home. I, I
1: established that a dollhouse is a small house. house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you may, you case, may proceed. It
0: literally. You can see where everybody is walking, but you can also put things in there and they become large. So uh, Mary Locke gets that as a birthday present uh, specifically to teach her the responsibility of the keys. Ultimately, a spider comes into the dollhouse because they leave the key in there, just like it did in the TV show. Um, and, uh, yeah, things go horribly wrong from there. Uh, and we get set up, like Justin was talking about, sort of the the surprisingly dire stakes of everything that is going to happen in this book. Um, talk about this one in particular, what you like about this story.
1: Um, I sort of said it a, a little bit already, like the way that we meet these characters and just immediately understand their dynamic. Um s- who like uh wants to be like John Locke is like clearly wants to be a hero um in this, and that is what ends up being his downfall in the in just a couple stories later. Um and uh Chamberlain being like a father who feels like he has a mastery of his family and, and um of the keys. And realizing like, oh, I don't. And they get out of this scrape um, sort of unscathed, but it really sets up um, the problems that are coming down the line. This story, it seems like a fun adventure um, in the style of like the original Lock and Key series, but it also is showing the coming tragedy for all of these characters.
2: Yeah, the kind of just uh, planting the seeds of the horror that's to come. Uh you know, it's just, it's it's so great. It seems like, oh, this is just a little thing. Okay. Oh, spider scare. But like it, everything that's kind of happening uh, around that is going to be such a payoff later, kind of really building to this like intense, you know, welcome to key house motherfucker moment, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, the working title of Lock and Key. No.
0: Yes. I also wanted to give a shout out to the fact, and we've kind of touched on this, but there's little story moments and things that pay off later on in the stories, which, again, should not have been surprised, but I was very surprised about. I believe it's in this story where Chamberlain is like, you girls got to learn how to mop. By the end, Mary uses a mop handle to kill the spider, or at least stab the spider. That's part of how they take care of it. But then later on in in Pale Battalions Go, not only do they make reference to that, Chamberlain says something to his wife about, well, I guess I think she actually knows how to use a mop, But also the mom is using the music box key to make some rac- raccoons mop for her. Yeah. So clearly the girls never did learn how to mop, and they just had raccoons do it instead. <laughs> so I just love little things like that that are these tying things yeah. throughout uh, i'll also give a shout out to we find oh, out real quick actually oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, much sorry. i
1: it's much harder to do that without a music box key <laughs> uh, in well, my personal life i did it but it, it was so hard that was years so, right it the, took years, years. Yeah. several rabies diagnoses yeah man yeah uh, just really you well, if I remember correctly, that that's
0: yeah. uh that's where the not tying business came in because you got to tie up the raccoon's
2: arms it's sort of,
1: yeah, you know, I puppeted them. I was sort of a puppet master. It just as it was a actually, trainer,
2: you didn't hurt them against their will. Of course, right? no, no. They oh, were okay. happy they that love it, it. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, they love it. They, it's better than eating garbage. Um, <laughs> but let me just say, it would have been easier if I just mopped. You know, at the yeah, end of the day, puppeting those raccoons, making oh, the really? tiny mops, because
0: they can't use regular mops. They're tiny what? raccoon hands. Cut out the middle, man. Tie a raccoon to a stick. You got a mop right there. Wow. Wow. Where were you six years ago? <laughs> <laughs> On this fucking podcast. Yeah, it's fair. That's fair. So, yes, uh, Small World is great. Uh, also, the other thing, I... There are character continuity things, obviously. Like, by the time we got to reading Bell Battalion's Go in 2021, to be honest, I had forgotten some of the details of this part of the Locke family back mm-hmm. in 2011. So things like The Younger Son, ultimately in Small World... You find out that he seems to have epilepsy or a tumor or something like that. Um, open the moon is the one where they deal with it, and that it really pays off later on in Lock and Key, Sad Man, Hell and Gone. Those bigger plot things, as well as the little Easter eggy things or the character continuity things, are really impressive as well.
2: I, I gotta say, yeah. like just the the fact that you have a hot air balloon and then it, like gets to the top and like to see it like stopped on the moon, like that's as high as you can go, was such a cool. Well, well, why don't we jump in and talk about Open the Moon, then, which is the story that makes me cry every
0: single yeah, time I read 100%. it. 100%. Yeah, so, again,
1: again in this reread. Yes, yeah, so this is tears. dealing
0: with uh, the younger son- Uh, has epilepsy, as we mentioned. They don't know how to deal with it. He's getting sicker. They think he has months, if not weeks, if not days to live. Uh, And he always wanted to see the world, and he always wanted to ride in a hot air balloon. So Chamberlain builds him, buys him a hot air balloon, but then has a lock made that opens the moon, takes him there so he can see the world. And it's essentially... Not a purgatory, but like some sort of version of heaven,
1: <laughs> like a like a fun purgatory, like a purgatory, well, but like cool. Well, you don't yeah, get like bored. You're, you're,
0: you're, you're just like, time. hey, this
2: is not bad. Well, but
0: it's not exactly heaven. You we find out later that you can get to heaven from this place, but it is a transitory yeah. place where he lives with it's everybody. A, hang. a limbo. It's a sick and hang. Ultimately, they can visit him, but he's dead at this point. He's gone. Uh, and it's spoiler, Jesus guy spoiler for the story that we're talking about and reviewing right now. You're right. Yeah. Uh, this story is absolutely beautiful. Justin, I know you love this one. Do you want to talk about it a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um, it Justin, is, you have feelings. You should talk about this. Yeah. And one Pete, we'll get to the unfeeling person in a second. Um, the human stone, Pete LePage, uh, the, uh, yeah. I mean, it's hugely emotional. Um, we right out of the gate, you see the problem presents itself and it feels insurmountable. So the, the Locke family does the impossible and that's what they do. That's just what they always do. And to see them sort of figure this out in a way that is at best melancholic, like it's at best, like, Oh, he's lives in the moon, but we can't really see him anymore. And it like when, when Fiona says goodbye to him in a way that doesn't, say goodbye is just like Mm -hmm. enjoy your trip like it's just this restraint this human emotional restraint just makes all of the emotions so much more powerful and then uh later we get into so the the reference the Windsor McKay um stuff if you um haven't read any of the Nemo books or strips or anything like it's so cool the way that Gabriel Rodriguez is able to move in and out of different styles, um, that he did in the main series as well. But here it's just so it doesn't get in the way of the story. It only enhances the story. It's just really cool.
2: I mean, it, it's the way it ends. It's such a, you know, like you're, you you're doing exactly what the character in the comic is doing. You're fucking balling your eyes out. And then it, like, does this great job with just the way it ends. And it says, open the moon in big letters. And then just, like, stars lit by J-Photos. Like, it just is, like, such a cool way to do it. And it kind of, like... Even the soft landing on such a heart provoking story is just such a smart, well thought of, well put together thing. It's just really impressive.
1: The panel right before that, where uh, Chamberlain is just in the hot air balloon, cry, like weeping, That's yeah. like letting like, um, the, like multiple rivers. It's sort of like a yeah. Mississippi yeah. Delta of rivers. <laughs> like uh, so many streams, creeks. Even yeah. coming out of his eyes, like he needs to stay hydrated.
0: Yeah, why yeah. do you even bother reading that? That sounds terrifying for you, Pete. It is. It is. And
1: let me also throw it like it's a hugely emotional story. But have you guys ever been in a hot air balloon? Because it's terrifying. It's yeah. terrifying. Like, never, don't never. Don't never do
2: ever that. do it. You think like, oh, this is going to be romantic. It's, it's not the worst. <laughs> it's... I'm so glad oh, we all God. agree <laughs>
1: because I was like, oh. I, I'm pretty. I'm fine with heights. And jumped <laughs> off rocks into lakes my whole life. I got a hot air balloon. I was like, what? Oh. this
2: is. T- I can't believe
1: how scary this is. You're this, the- I mean, wicker a wicker, ba- yeah,
2: wicker yeah. basket. Like, this it's is like horrible. Riding a, it's like riding a chair,
1: of a porch chair for, <laughs> f- from Boca Raton uh, to your death. It's not romantic in any way. No. Either romantic and, with uh, whoever you're with. The person
2: working the balloon is so over it and so, like, dead to, like, emotions. It
0: is just, like... Yes. I feel like that's – I, I haven't done this. It's just I'm terrified at heights, so I would never do it. But I you're feel smart. like that's another thing that kind of cuts into the romance, right? Like you're like, oh, we'll have a romantic flight in this terrifying thing with another guy who doesn't want to be there? A sur-
1: often a surly person. And let me say, they're the pilot of the hot air balloon. Their only piloting skills are like more hot or drop sand. That's all they got.
2: Then they're like, "Oh, it's windy." It's a I guess basket. There's no. I guess we're it. gonna
1: land somewhere random because they're yeah. not in control. They can't steer it. It just goes up and down. And, and you they don't end control up, the wind. The one uh, I did, the guy was like, "And hey, we keep this bottle of champagne because we land on someone's property, and then I give them the wine and hope they're not mad." I was like, that's your plan? That's your job? Your life every day? You will hope a stranger is not mad at you for landing a weird uh, ottoman on their property attached to a bunch of
0: fucking plastic full of hot air?
2: (laughs) That champagne should be for us, man. That's right. I need something stiffer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, by
0: the way, I should mention later in the podcast, we're going to be bringing in our friend Reginald Beludetic to <laughs> <laughs> talk more about this. But why don't we move oh, on boy. to the next story? I'm, I'm
1: nervous about that interview. Let me tell yeah, I hope I'll he's not it. listening.
0: <laughs> Face the Reggie, music. Reggie Balloonatic. Oh, Reginald.
1: Reginald, Reginald
2: Balloonatic. He doesn't Talk go by Reggie. Having, you, yeah, you don't about, know him as Reggie. <laughs> yeah, you're not friends. Talk about yeah. your
1: last name informing your life. Is From well, the Balloonatic no. family. Of course wow. he's going to get an honor. That's wild.
2: Yeah.
0: Face the Music is the one new story in this collection, other than, of course, the introduction by Joe Hill. And in this, we see Chamberlain doing a little bit of an oopsie uh, when it comes to a family fun day. (laughs) Oh, my God. To put it lightly. What do you think about this new one and how it fit into the overall narrative?
1: Um, I I said it I said it before, but I like that this is like still like sort of terrifying, but it's like a funny like palate cleanser after the intense emotional um, story of of Open the Moon. And I really like that. I feel like when they were putting this volume together, they were like, we need something to go in between Open the Moon and this. Also horrifyingly dark and violent <laughs> tale of impaled battalions go. So like, let's do something that's light and also scary.
2: <laughs> scary as fuck. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like to have a cat. Uh, it'll it'll cut you in oh, half. It, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just one of those things. But uh, also, yeah, it starts so sweet and adorable, and then it's just like, yeah. And the the shot of the cat like licking, uh, you know. It, its paw, maybe the blood off its hand as it's eyeballing you in a sweet way It's just a, the perfect kind of like, you know, uh, description of like, I'm sweet and innocent, but I got claws and I can make a big difference in this world. Well, and uh, two other
0: things that I'll mention one on the cat bed, it does bring back the cat from small world who otherwise we don't really see throughout the rest of the volume. So I think that's a nice call back. That's a nice shout out. Uh, But the other thing is it shows, once again, it just sort of doubles down on the idea that these keys are sometimes literally a double-edged sword where you think you're going to have fun. You think you're going to create these orchestra that's going to have a nice time and all these automatons or whatever you want to call them who are out there with the family. But ultimately, they all get sliced in half and it's horrible and it's terrible. So. That's the same sort of thing that we ha- see happen for the most part in *Pale Battalions* go and in *Lock and Key*. Sandman uh, is the keys can bring you something sweet. They can do something nice, but there's always going to be a cost there at the end, and that's what just like see. a cat. Yes, like a wow, cat. it gives he, you those. You see, <laughs> sweet you see the world. <laughs> is that what you call it? Puff and fluff. <laughs>
1: Pete. Yeah.
0: Gotta puff the fluff, bro. You gotta puff the fluff. Puff the yeah, you've got to puff the fluff. <laughs> that sounds like fun. But also it scratches you and you gotta feed it all the time.
2: Yeah, it's rough. It's
0: rough,
1: uh, man. Yeah. It's rough to puff the fluff, as they say.
0: That's right. Let's jump into the last chunk here. I think we can talk about both in Battal- Battalions Go and Locke and Key Sandman Hell and Gone as a chunk, even though they did it over a broad span of time. Uh, but here we get, it is it is John Locke, right? The John. John, John Tyler
1: Locke. Locke. Mm, Jonathan Tyler Locke, which is my brother's name. Jonathan huh. Tyler.
0: There you go. Based on Which, as yes, we all Based know, is the yeah,
1: better version of you. Oh, wow, dear. that's weird to say. Though he, my brother had a had a child yesterday. Shouts to that. Oh,
2: hey! shouts to him. Oh man, Dad. that
1: also
0: is a double edged sword. I'll throw out there. But wow, Jonathan yeah. Tyler Locke, it's like this- having
1: a cat that will eventually talk. Oh, I was going to say eventually murder him. you. Okay. Oh, okay. It could happen.
0: <laughs> All right. It could happen. In this book, Jonathan taylor Locke really wants to walk, fight in World War One, but he is too young to do so. Ultimately oh. uses the keys to age himself up, goes there, and then brings the war back to Key House, which leads to the death of his mother and also his suicide by Titanic, which is something that was uh, – the Titanic was also set up. Uh, earlier on, uh, we yep. were talking about this, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, and that leads directly to years later, Chamberlain is lying dead and crazed because his whole family has left him except for Mary, who literally makes the key to hell, goes through the dream world to try and bring back her brother from hell so he can let her father know it's not his fault. And ultimately, they all end up in the moon by the end there.
1: F- fungatory, as we're calling
0: fungatory. it. Fungatory. Yep, there you go. Uh, gorgeous story, perfectly layered. I loved also reading In Pale Battalions Go Back to Back with Laugh and Key Sandman Hell and Gone, which. To their credit, they took the time they needed to put out the book, but it took a while for the book to come out. So there were little things like uh, Fiona Locke well, Lock getting you? letters from Lucian, the librarian uh, from the Dream World, pops up right at the beginning of Impel Battalion's Go and ultimately sets up his appearance later on. So incredible, incredible storytelling. Again, what would you guys think about this oh, one? Yeah, How you can't, you can't
2: on take planet. a shot. uh, how long it took the book to come out when you see the final like uh, these pages are immaculate man oh i'm sorry yeah Yeah, it took a little bit longer i think what alex is saying is to read this
0: why i can't imagine it took them more than a couple of hours to create oh my how dare you i think what alex
1: is saying is like hey gabriel let's hustle it up here okay (laughs) (laughs) let's go let's go
2: come on on. dude Dude, this is unbelievable if it takes them however long it takes them, you wait and you I say mean, thank you. That's literally what I said. But okay, Pete, no, what did you, you think about like, that? <laughs> You were like, oh, "It took a little bit long in between issues for it to come out." I mean, that does sound like me. Yeah. So how no. dare you?
1: No, you it's taken just... a long time. Is Pete telling his opinion about these stories?
2: Well, <laughs> I think it's, this is just so fucking heartbreaking on so many levels, right? It's like, here's a kid who is very excited to make a difference. It doesn't want to wait, but Ends up just fucking making things horrible. And it, it's just heartbreaking. And the whole father kind of like, I wish you were dead. It just, just, it's so, it's, 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 it's a lot, man. It's a fucking lot.
1: Uh, I, uh, years ago, um, uh, attended a lecture by Kurt Vonnegut, one of my favorite authors, and he charted um, the different stories, like uh, famous stories in the canon uh, and showed how the emotional arc of so many of them is things are bad and they get worse. Like Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis, guy wakes up and he's a cockroach dies um, and how you can still have an amazing story where it's not a classic like hero triumphs at the end yeah and i feel like these three uh, stories are such a, a amazing example of that where yeah guy wants to go to war uh dies shatters his entire family and the only win at the end is he gets to leave hell <laughs> so it's like oh <laughs> cool but I say that as a joke but it, it works you were like yeah, the triumph at the end of this yeah. and the way it brings all the elements together and how um, Joe and Gabriel were able to tell their story at the same time uh, walking their characters walking Mary through the Sandman universe and c- doing a classic crossover Joe talks about it in the his opening letter um, at the front of this volume how, like, you know, crossovers are a big comic thing. Most of them are bad. And um, <laughs> I feel like if that is true, or they're at least not, they're without depth. They're very shallow. And the depth at which they operate. In the Sandman universe, tie lock and key inexorably yeah. to the Sandman universe, expand the Sandman universe in a way that feels earned and as a sandman fan, exciting to see these characters again and have them feel like the real versions of them and really push on the borders of the stories we know about that universe at the same time they 're continuing one of the most emotional arcs um, of any sto- any comic book that i 've read recently. And making a hero out of Mary Locke, a character we met as like a 12 year old and yeah. saw like get hit in the head with a sausage, basically, <laughs> is all we know of her. And she's this great, funny, like epic, smart hero by the end of this, this volume. It's just really I mean, have we complimented this book enough? Because I I think it's good.
2: But also, like, the fact of, But again, hurry
1: up, Gabriel, let's go.
2: (laughs) But, like, the fact that you're capturing the kind of, like... You know, this kid who wants to do good. He's just, like, not scared. He's just too young to realize how dangerous and how how fucked up his idea is. And to kind of, like uh capture that in in a way that doesn't kind of make you go fuck this you know like pulls you in and tells you the story uh yeah i just um yeah it's really amazing
1: it reminds me of the, a little bit of the the younger brother in the movie legends of the fall um if you've ever seen that movie uh, great movie Brad Pitt or young Brad Pitt uh, role but he sort of similarly is like desperate to get to to war and it is the catalyst for a lot of tragedy.
0: Yeah. So uh, I don't want to cover the same ground you already covered. I'll just chime in to back up what Justin said. Just in terms of, like, beyond crossovers, I'm always very hesitant about prequels and filling in more information. And the fact that this works is a phenomenal prequel to Sandman, side by side with, what was it, Sandman... Uh, I'm forgetting about the volume that Neil Gaiman released, which was actually a good prequel to Sandman as well. Like, this is something Mm. that fills in information It does, like you said, feel like an essential piece of Sandman as well as an essential piece of Lock and Key. And ultimately one of the big things that I love about this volume is how this generation of the Lock family contrasts with the Locke family that we followed through the first six volumes, who are broken and hurting in their own way, but ultimately, I think, triumphant at the end and get a maybe not a totally happy ending, but at least a positive ending going forward. Here, this Locke family, same sort of thing, but it's much more dire for them. So it's not telling the same story again, it's telling a different story in a different way that complements what we know that's come before.
2: Yeah, but also like, you know, a lot of times if you get, when you find out an ending, it's this thing of like, did I waste my time? Like, am I happy with this? The fact that it is so deep and there is so many things, there's stuff to kind of really take away. Also, you want to talk about doing things and putting a new thing on it. Like, we kind of had that famous E.T. shot where it's the kid with all the teddy bears and all the things where it was like E.T. in there and like, which one's real, which one's not, was such a, like fun twist on that. And it was such an interesting kind of like way to start that whole kind of like teddy bear attack thing, which, you know, seems insane, but it's also a lot of fun. Yeah. There are two uh last
0: things that I wanted to say here. One is that overall, obviously this is a phenomenal volume, but it really, like we talked about at the beginning, recontextualized what I thought about these stories. I thought about them as sort of these times past stories like over in Starman where it was like mm, oh you're filled yes. in the information and you're kind of fleshing it out and contrasting stuff but really this works as its own volume like Pete was saying at the beginning if you're a fan of Lock and Key if you're a fan of Sandman if you're a fan of comics you can just pick it up and jump right into it and that's great but the second thing that this immediately made me think of when I was reading this that I think to segue into a different topic for a second as we wrap up here is since the last time we taped the podcast there was the news came out that that Netflix is ending the TV series with season three, which has already been filmed. It's already done as we're taping this. We don't have a premiere date, uh, but I believe there's going to be eight episodes to wrap up the series. Reading this volume, I was really bummed because we might get to see some of this material potentially mm. in the final season, but really, this volume shows what potential there is for Lock and Key as a franchise, as, as a TV for other show. Stores, yeah. yeah, that. I think they can wrap up the story of the Locke family that they're telling on Netflix in three seasons. That's great. But I would look forward to, like, a Lock and Key, the Golden Age season, where they go back and show this iteration of the Locke family or other generations before that. And now it sounds like we'll never get that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you never know. Yeah, I think never there's a no. chance you could sort of reboot this show. This show's already been through so many different um, attempts. Um, so I don't think it's completely off the board. I agree with you, though. It is a bummer to know that it's the last season, but exciting that we will get a true last season of the show and it's not um, sort of something that is going to be open-ended at the end of it.
2: I I also want to kind of circle around, back around to this idea of like not only do we have these like really deep uh stories but also like really badass moments with different characters like the the like as the girl is shutting the door and she's like you know just be careful you might get unlucky you might find us like that was like such a cool like don't come looking for us moment like Uh, A little girl had to a soldier like it was there's such cool perspectives and different kind of little things that pay off in sometimes really badass ways that uh, you don't see coming uh, that kind of really give this kind of like such a kind of like action movie feel almost. Yeah. And just to ask you about the ending of the Netflix show, Pete, what is your reaction to that in terms of this wrapping up with season three? Well, I mean, uh, part of me is very happy that like, okay, you know, we have, you know, there is no coming out date. Maybe they they might do some things and say like, okay, if it, we know it's ending, maybe we kind of like, I'm a little upset that we didn't, they didn't get to write it and kind of get to celebrate it. And like, this is the last season. These are the things we want to do with this character, but I'm at least glad that there, it ends at the end when they're, when they kind of finished a season or a thing. So we don't kind of have this. You know, like maybe last episode or something where it's a cliffhanger. We don't ever get to see what happens. So I don't know. It's heartbreaking. But also I'm hoping we could just start a, kick-saver and, or a Kickstarter and give Ooh, kick-saver. Kick-saver. <laughs> uh, uh, give uh, <laughs> Gabriel Rodriguez <laughs> like millions of dollars to just like animate this and make it. A oh, fun. my God. That's going to take so, forever.
0: That guy has to I, hurry I don't up. Care. Come I don't on. Care. Come it would on, be amazing Gabriel to Richard watch is. like this art. And, yeah, I mean, and I, and I guess. Animation. Uh, how, how you're thinking, like, half-hour episodes, so that should take him about a half an hour to make or something like that. Oh, my God. You are the <laughs> That's worst. That's how it
1: works. You're
0: a horrible uh, boss. Thanks, man. <laughs>
1: uh, the um, There are a lot of, uh, real quick in the volume still, um, jumping back to that, there are a lot of new keys introduced here. Yeah. Um, because as much as we talk about the TV show's ending, the comics can just keep going on and on. And yeah, exactly. the world continues to expand here. We get the mailbox key, the, like, uh, spectacles, key, the key, key to Hell. The key, Matchstick
0: geez. Key, which I believe first matchstick was key. introduced in the show, shows up here, which was kind of neat as well. Yeah, I agree, that was cool. Heck of a way to light your cigarette. Heck of a way. All right, folks, I think we're going to wrap up here. If you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night, at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come on down. We would love to chat with you about Lock and Key. Apple iTunes. Apple iTunes. Uh, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe. Hey, check and out, apples. App. And add check general, out Apples. Just
1: in general, all Macintosh,
0: Apples. Macintosh, Smiths, whatever you want. Honeycrisp are pretty good as well. At Lock and Key Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, keep it locked right here. <laughs>